Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Off Balance 3. A pleasure to be here once again with my co-hosts, Jeff Young and Brian Miller. How are we doing, fellas? Quite well. <laughs> yeah, very good. No complaints. Anything new in your worlds that's new and exciting? Oh, yeah. I did a uh, little crooked scoreboard crossover there. I did a, a show with our pal Kostaki Economopolis in uh, scenic Sioux Falls last Saturday. How did those go? Uh, it was just one show. Uh, he was coming in from farther out west, so I met him in the middle. Um, it was good. It was uh, one show at this place called The Station. It was owned by some very nice people who uh, also own a bar and grill called Rick- Rookies that have uh, hosted me before. Uh, but yeah, we had a nice crowd and uh, some fun people, you know, told some jokes. What's better than that, man? No, no, no. We had a, yeah, we had a great time. And then, uh, oh, uh, Kostaki, here's some, uh, some behind-the-scenes hilarity. Uh <laughs> I don't know if you'd want me telling this, but I'm in uh, my room, uh, get everything together, and I hear some commotion outside, and I hear someone go, oh, my, that's a problem. And then I hear <laughs> Kostaki's voice like, oh, yeah. I'm thinking, ooh, excitement next door or whatever. So uh, I go to – when I walk out of the hotel room, uh, there's all these people running in and out of his room, various people in official-looking hotel outfits. And so I go downstairs, and I hear water rushing. I go downstairs. We're on the third floor. I go to the first floor to meet Kostaki in the lobby to write some football jokes. And there's water sort of just pouring through the ceiling, dripping down onto the tile in the lobby, just coming from his room. Jeez. Because his plumbing just sort of exploded through oh. no... Uh, wow. I believe him. Through no fault of his. Unless he's got no conscience whatsoever, because he was like, hey, what are you going to do? That thing just kept gushing. I might like, be making right. this up, but the only time that I went on the road with Kostaki in Erie, Pennsylvania, I think he had the same problem with the toilet. <laughs> This might have been the sink. I don't know which one, but what if this is like uh, – now, see, I've been in other hotel rooms with him, and he hasn't brought it up, but maybe it just wasn't making it all the way to the lobby, you know? Maybe I was just not aware. Yeah, yeah. What if it's some weird fetish where he floods hotel rooms? That's like his thing. And, and then just acts just innocently. That, yeah. Into the petty pleasures of just like junior high-level vandalism. That would be very strange, yeah. yeah as well, too, by the way. <laughs> I, got, I got locked inside a hotel room one time in a hotel bathroom. Uh, on my way to a gig, and luckily my wife was there because I didn't have a phone. No, I, I did have my phone at least, but um, I was in a Radisson, and it was like I, I I was going to the gig, and I took a shower, and I went to go, and I couldn't get out of the thing. And it, my wife is like, "Are you sure it's not locked? Did you, should, did you jiggle it?" She tries it. Sure enough, we can't get it. So over the course of like an hour and a half, we just keep calling up more and more people, and everybody shows up and says the first thing like. Did you try jiggling it? Even after there's like five people and tools in the hotel room. It's like, yeah, we tried jiggling it, dumbass. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, that, uh, that's the that's the IT guy asking you if you restarted your computer. Yeah, I did. They finally had to they, they uh, knocked the door handle off with a sledgehammer. Still couldn't uh, get me out of there. And so they ended up just having to saw like a circle in the door and have me climb through the circle. Uh and then to prove to the club owner why I was almost late to the gig, I brought the mangled doorknob. <laughs> because he expressed skepticism when I called him from the bathroom with the power tools whirring in the background. Sure, that old chestnut, right? <laughs> yeah. But then when you show up with the doorknob, you're probably not doing yourself any favors. I mean, what kind of lunatic does that? <laughs> <laughs> I slammed it down in the thing. I was like, I told you. He nodded and he goes, well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's wild. I spent a nice long weekend in Miami. I was down at the... I don't know if you ever performed at the Comedy Inn in Miami, have you? 
No, I've never been to Miami at all. Oh, God, dude, no. you gotta go. It's amazing. Um, so I was down there for a comedy show and then just kind of hung out for the rest of the weekend. We actually went to the Miami Heat and Toronto Raptors game, uh, game four, because I was down there with a bunch of people from Toronto. So I was like, we're here, we're hanging, we're having a great time, just hanging out poolside, going to the beach and eating, drinking, whatever. Just, just a lot of dudes asking if they have Labatt's on tap? <laughs> no, believe it or not. <laughs> they were drinking a tremendous amount of Bush and Budweiser and just commenting on the alcohol content of it and how low it was compared to Canadian beers. And I was like, yeah, yeah they- well, this isn't representative of uh, American beers, <laughs> yeah. please. Don't think this is it. Yeah. Yeah, that's an unfair uh, unfair standard. By the way, Jeff, did you see that Budweiser is changing their name to America for a little while? That's not the name I would have chosen, but okay. <laughs> yeah, but it lets you say great things like, oh, last night I got so bombed I threw up America into right. my cousin's hat. <laughs> yeah, but there's other words you could use that would do just the same thing and be you know, much more colorful and potentially accurate. I accidentally got a little patriotic while we were making out the other day. Well, that shut that down, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, man. I was drinking some Betsy Ross the other night. Man, they should have flagged me. If you fail to, uh, if you fail to uh, rise to the task, you know, you got, oh, no, I've got America, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we go to the, uh, the game, and I know Miami sports fans in general catch a lot of flack. I got to say, especially for a Monday night, this crowd was fired up and into it. And uh, I was actually a little bit scared for my Canadian friends because there was a lot of bad energy whenever we clapped our hands politely, whenever the Toronto Raptors did something nice. But uh, got out of there in one piece and had a great time. So just a great time in Miami. Shout out to uh, Mike at the Comedy Inn for being such a gracious host. It was a great time. We'll talk a little bit more about this game in the upcoming all-ball or flagrant foul. But first, got to get to notes from the network, guys. No. More notes. (laughs) Do they come in like a script or on like a scroll or is probably, I mean, probably just an email? It, yeah, it's uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's an email, sometimes it's a text. Or a bird, a raven, like in Game of Thrones. Carrier pigeon, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever way they can do it. Sometimes they, they send me a letter in the mail, which is nice. You don't get stuff in the mail that often. Yeah. But when it comes, I'm happy to say it. The return address just says network. It's weird. <laughs> they wrote, try not to give up too many ideas without trademarking them first. We've already trademarked the basketball ring and have made millions of dollars selling t-shirts to hucksters. Let this be a lesson to you, boys. Sorry, business is business. <laughs> Good note. You know what? I, I think I'm 100% behind that note. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a tough lesson to learn, but... It's cruel but fair. Yeah, I guess so. So I got to take it on the chin. It's a marketplace of ideas. Yeah, this is what you come to Off Balance 3 for. Uh, Last week, Jeff, you made a reference to Dan Quayle. I did. And in jest, you remarked that these remarks were timely. And I think it just speaks to the influence that this podcast already has, that Dan Quayle is in the news today endorsing Donald Trump. Or as he calls him, Donald Trumpy. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's a deep cut Dan Quayle joke. You got to do a little work for yourself on that one. I'm not, you got to assemble that yourself like an Ikea shelf. That's yeah. a seriously long callback right there. <laughs> Before we get into all ball or flag or foul, guys, I, I promised it last week that we would read our first review on iTunes. Right, the oh, yeah. We got it. And not only did we get the first one, we got another one. They're rolling in. All right. Nice. So here we go. Uh, Kobe Bean Pod is this person's name. They say the show is a three-point play. One of the best new sports podcasts I've listened to. Season two features three hosts that always complete the three-point play, even when off-balanced. <laughs> <laughs> You sure this isn't more network notes? <laughs> right? That's what it sounds like to me. That's what it sounds like. I I'll don't take it. Yeah, see, I don't trust this one. That that one sounds like my mom wrote it. I want one that's like, Aaron's kind of a dick, but the show's pretty good. And we'll be like, yeah, that's, that, that smells right. That you know? sounds right, yeah. Miller's voice is sort of obnoxious, but Jeff knows about baseball, and I like that. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a review I can trust. Yeah. We need more specifics here, not just wordplay off the, the title. Kobe Bean. Kobe Bean Pod, if that's very, your real name. It's very expensive Japanese bean pod. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> It's the best part of the bean. Uh, but here's the second one, and I trust this one. Uh, <laughs> Layla... Campani mm. says, love it. Found this through Aaron and Kostaki's Quick Snaps podcast. Love it. It's funny and thoughtful at the same time. And I think you gentlemen get the credit for being funny and thoughtful on that one. So there you have it. All right. Cool. She's a, uh, she's a really uh, getting the full Aaron Hodges experience. She's listening to the Quick Snaps and to this. Oh, listen, I mean, some people just can't get enough, you know, like that. <laughs> I'm quite appealing. I'm, I'm really a catch, guys. Hey, I think that's the message to take from this. And that's what we'll go with. Shall we jump into all ball or flag or foul? Yes. Let's do it. Let's let's, let's start right now with... Uh, I don't, I'm just flabbergasted by this. But Tom Brady, he has a cookbook. And he's offering it to his fans for one easy payment of $200. All ball or flagrant foul? <laughs> well, let me jump in here and say uh, it's ironic that the price is inflated. Right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> that would seem to go against. I'm I, I'm gonna go flagrant foul on this because I have I have it on good authority that Tom Brady eats a diet that's like mostly composed of like lawn clippings emulsified with <laughs> egg whites and protein powder, and then he's got this weird trainer chemist who's supposed to keep him youthful via various serums and dietary needs and so i can't imagine that it tastes that great yeah one sample recipe that they've given us is sweet potato gnocchi with escarole which actually that one sounds good that sounds pretty good it does right (laughs) and inventive but then i scroll down a little further Mm. and i see avocado ice cream and i said i'm out Mm. At the risk, I, I want to avoid being crude and thus making all the jokes that I want to make en route to saying flagrant foul. Uh, but I'll just say that 
It's only Tom Brady has access to one particularly exotic flavor that is probably not in, involved in the cookbook, <laughs> and that's the only one I'm interested in. Is that a Brazilian poontang? Is that what you're referring to? <laughs> I'll, I'll let your imaginations run wild. <laughs> okay. Um, and it would make a weird ice cream, but I'd probably still try it. Let's put it that way. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Jeff, are you buying it? All ball or flagrant foul? Now I'm going flagrant foul. I'll tell you the biggest problem I had with this when I was looking through not just the recipes, but kind of the whole philosophy behind it. And there's a bunch of foods that that you completely, you know, you, you can't even do it as part of this. They're just, it's not part of his world at all. And I looked at some of these and it's like sugar, flour, olive oil, salt, tomatoes, peppers, mushrooms, dairy products. So right there, that's pizza. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so no, I'm not doing that. And, and then caffeine. So that's coffee. So you've already killed like two of the four basic food groups there, which basically leaves you beer and bacon. I like beer and bacon, but you know it's not going to be enough. <laughs> so I, I just feel like the whole thing's um, off balance. Not that <laughs> off balance is always a bad thing, but in this case. Um, I, I go flagrant foul. I just I, I cannot abide by that. Wow, this is really starting to sound like a Kobe Bean Pod iTunes review at the end there. But uh... <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> Weird. The first of iPod reviews is how I've heard it described. <laughs> Actually, this cookbook is being called the TB12 Nutrition Manual. Just to get that out there, in the interest of being fair, because. I don't want to be unfair to Tom Brady. He's faced enough adversity in his life. I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit, though, for one thing. He does ban eggplants, so I'm pretty down with that. Oh, I'm 100% on board with that. Yeah. I mean, who, yeah. who likes know, eggplant? Need, right, I do. You, what, are you, what are you guys, four? Eggplant's fantastic. Yeah, but nah, you rip bad. off uh, door handles and show them to club owners. <laughs> we can't trust you. That's true. I'm a madman. It's because I had all that eggplant power. <laughs> <laughs> It's a living document, they say, and they will continuously add recipes as as they go along. <coughs> as they go, like, <coughs> excuse me. Tom Brady's evolving recipe file. What's that? Is it you? So you'd be like essentially buying a subscription to Tom Brady's evolving recipe file. I believe so. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's a little something, I guess. I mean, I I, I actually don't hate it. Is that weird? No, that's fair. In this article that I sent you the guys the link to, it mentions that Giselle, she came out mm -hmm. with a coffee table book back in November and sold it for $700. So, What was it pictures of? Uh, her. Uh, more specifically. <laughs> was she, was she no. naked? No, I, I, I'm sure not. No, I, You know, art books, whatever. Rich <laughs> people got to have something to put on their coffee tables. Yeah. On, on the shelves of books that they don't read. Why not? Yeah. So Next gonna... to who moved my cheese and the power of positive thinking. I'm going to go all ball. I'm going all ball. I like that. I like that. Counterintuitive. I, I like, I, I disagree with you, but I like it. Yeah, I got to gotta keep it off balance here. That's that's what we're doing here. And uh, shout out to Kobe. Shout out to Kobe. <laughs> and uh, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to our second topic, which is Marshawn Lynch, is, he hasn't officially signed his retirement papers, although the Seahawks placed him on the reserve slash retired list um so it seems to me that he's not being very clear with what his intentions are for the upcoming season is he going to retire he sent out a kind of a cryptic tweet at the end of the season where it's just cleats hanging up 
That's the old phrase. I'm hanging up the cleats. When you retire, that's what you say. Uh, so everybody's left assuming that he's retired, but he hasn't made it official yet. I don't know how I feel about it. I got to ask you, Jeff, how do you feel? Oh, ball or flag or foul. Should he sign the papers? Uh, well, I I think, I mean, yeah, eventually he'll, he'll obviously have to figure out what he wants to do. But right now I'm calling this all ball just from a PR standpoint because it, uh, it keeps him relevant when, uh, if you know, he otherwise might not be if, in fact, he is fading off into the sunset. And so, the sunset? The sunset? Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing, the thing that's kind of cool is, I mean, it, it sort of makes him like uh, – like nobody really knows what's going on with this guy, and that's sort of been a pattern. And so he's kind of this—he's uh, kind of this Greta Garbo figure for the NFL, which is sort of—I don't know—it's kind of cool. It's kind of weird. You now, like it, huh? It, well, it makes him—it makes him far more compelling. I mean, he's a, obviously a great football player, but it makes him so much more compelling than just that. Because what's going on with this guy? He's kind of created his own mystique, his own aura, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's a trip. Are, are you worried that he might think he's bigger than the game? No, I'm not worried about that. I think uh, I think he can be as big as he wants to be. You don't, Marshawn Lynch, man. You don't go to sleep worrying about Marshawn Lynch and his ego. Uh, I can let me see. No, nope, never have done that actually, not once. <laughs> and how about you, Brian? Is this uh, no, all ball or flagrant foul? Flagrant foul. Uh, he's an he's a he's an enigma wrapped in a douchebag. That's all he is. Oh wow. <laughs> One more way for him to suck up attention. That's what the worst thing is. The worst thing about him is he pretends he doesn't want attention. I like Cam Newton. Cam Newton dances around and he smiles and he gets the attention that he's obviously looking for. It's cool. He deserves it. He's great. But Marshawn always has to pretend I don't want to talk to the media and make a bigger deal about it so that everybody talks about him not talking about the media. He's a, He is a diva, flagrant foul, can't go away fast enough. Enjoy your Skittles in retirement, buddy. Yeah, I'm on your side. I'm also going flagrant foul for the same reason. I th- think he's just holding the Seahawks hostage. They you know, have to decide what to do with him if uh, he indeed is still on the roster. And so just like move on, man. If you're, if you're saying you're retired, make it official. Flagrant foul. Our next topic. In a game recently, Bryce Harper was walked seven times in a game. Three times in a game intentionally just limbaugh's never walked seven times in his life who didn't i rush limbaugh that was my target fat guy oh (laughs) you gotta understand uh brian his star is fading fast so sure he's not just standing in front of it (laughs) (laughs) that is definitely a possibility it's just that he's not the uh his name just doesn't ring bells the way it used to is what i'm saying I feel comfortable making fun of him for something I wouldn't normally make fun of someone for. You know, that's why he feels good still. Sure, yeah, that's the same thing with the uh, Chris Christie, and they're kind of similar in demeanor. <laughs> yeah, oh, Chris Christie. There you go. That's probably a better one. Who's to say what's better? <laughs> Either way, they're fat bastards. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, seven times, seven at bats, or excuse me, zero at bats because walks don't technically don't count as an at-bat and uh, the Cubs actually ended up winning every single game in this series even though they walked Bryce Harper 13 times or perhaps because they walked him 13 times so I guess just on the decision and the ability for any team to intentionally walk 
somebody three times in one game. Do we have to do something about it? Do we have to change the rules in baseball? Should this be allowed, the intentional walk, or should the penalty be harsher? I guess that's the the pointed question I'll ask you. Should the penalty be harsher for intentionally walking somebody in baseball, all ball or flagrant foul? Jeff. To actually change the rule, I would say I would say that's a flagrant foul, just uh, because I don't. I'm not sure that anything you would do to to try and solve the problem wouldn't create larger problems, like um, you know having having a guy get a second base rather than just the one base, uh, so you put him on second instead of first, um, or whatever whatever other modifications you might make. Um, as far as that particular. That particular instance of, of walking Harper every time he was up, uh, you know, it's the sort of thing Barry Bonds had to face throughout a lot of his career, especially toward the end of it. And it's 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 a really frustrating thing because it's it's the logical strategy for the opposing team in this case, the Cubs, to do because the guy can beat you literally at any time all all night long, and and you you, you know it, it makes perfect sense to take steps to avoid that. On the other hand, if you're a paying customer. And your favorite player is Bryce Harper, or you hate Bryce Harper. It doesn't even matter. It's just like he's the biggest guy on the stage at that time, and you never even get to see him do anything except stand there and watch the guy throw four wide ones. That's not entirely fair either. That's doing a disservice to your customer. So um, I guess on on the modification, I'm going to call flagrant foul, but I kind of also call flagrant foul on the Cubs for doing that just because, yeah, it helped them win, but it kind of it's boring. And as we've discussed in past weeks we don't need baseball to be any more boring <laughs> right it's not doing anything from to help me a gin up my interest in the game and uh exactly i, I was here i don't understand why can't you make it uh, an intentional walk be a two-base thing what's the problem with that that seems uh, like an elegant solution be, yeah no i think the basic problem would be that that uh Basically, baseball is like a super ultra conservative um, business, and trying to get everybody to sign off on that would be a lot. Of, it'd, be, it'd be hard. I think that's part of the reason why baseball is is a, a less interesting and less viable sport right now is because it's so tradition steeped that people would rather cling to a terrible idea than 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 venture out into a potentially troublesome troublesome new one. Whereas uh, the NFL smartly rewrites their rules to evolve with all kinds of changing standards. Speaking as someone who really enjoys baseball tradition, I could not agree with you anymore because I love the tradition. But yeah, at the same time, you got to move on it sometimes. And that, I mean, some tradition is good. Don't get me wrong. I like a seventh inning stretch no, and the no, guy no. singing and all that in the no. Jacks I totally get where you're, I, I totally get where you're coming from, and we've talked about Harper on this point before, where where it was like you know whether it be or not specifically Harper, but just the bat flips and the whole you know, spicing things up. And I've said, hey, I'm kind of an old guy who it's not really my thing, but if that's what's going to help the game grow, do it. And I don't I don't think intentionally walking a guy like Harper every time is going to help the game grow. I'm looking at the article that you sent me, Jeff, uh, from NBC Sports, Joe Posnanski. It's a pretty good article. Mm-hmm. He writes that uh, back in the day, it used to take nine balls for a walk, and then they modified it, reduced it to eight, then to six, to five, and then finally in 1888, it's been four balls for a walk. So since 1888, that's the tradition that you'd be fighting 
but they have changed the rules. So there is a history of them modifying the game, but you're still resistant to it. So it's like the, uh, so the baseball rules are like the Constitution. They changed a whole bunch right yeah. at the beginning and then stuck them in stone at some point. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, there's every every so often there's a fairly radical shift, but it's it's it it's doesn't happen a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, and and that's kind of the thing about tradition too is not only not only is it tradition, but then it becomes like its own argument for keeping the tradition. You know, it's, it sort of becomes a circular thing where, where it's like, well, we do this because it's tradition. Well, why is it tradition? Because that's how we've always done it. Right. You can't really escape from that, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess my biggest thing is I don't know of a better way to solve that particular problem in terms of, I mean, maybe, maybe giving the guy a second base, putting the guy on second base would do something. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see some, Kind of hypothetical studies on what what sort of impact that might have, but um, man, I, I guess just anything like that, it's it's just good luck getting everybody to buy into it. What they might want to try is again take a, a page out of the NFL's book where they start testing things out in the preseason or spring training, where you know, well, if, the first hundred and seventy two games before the season really gets started. <laughs> 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 well, see, it's kind of funny because they they have done things like that in spring training and um, and other other controlled environments where they've they've tried to implement other uh, ideas that would hopefully help speed up the game. Like you know, now that they're enforcing how much time there is between pitches and between innings and all that sort of thing, they started implementing those before they got into the real game. So you know, maybe. I, maybe they could try something out like that. I just, it's just, everything is so painfully slow with baseball. Not, I mean, I, I'm not even talking on field. I mean, that's what you make of it, what you will. But I mean, as far as trying to get things changed like that, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's hard. I got a feeling this show as it evolves is going to continue to be just Brian and I presenting ways to make baseball more appealing to us. So I'm going all ball, make the change, put the batter at second base if teams want to intentionally walk somebody. We want to see action. We want to see the best players against the best players. That's what people are paying for. They're not paying to see intentional walks. So at some point, the audience has to be satisfied in that manner. And I think it kind of sucks to go to the ballpark and see Bryce Harper walk seven times that's awful it should never happen also if you if you if you intentionally walk a guy more than twice then uh you you legally have to show him a naked picture of your wife right yeah some kind of collateral (laughs) gonna build in some real penalties to make people think hard about this (laughs) exactly (laughs) all right um did um, did you did you weigh in on that brian i can't remember yeah yeah, yeah. change change all the rules all right fantastic (laughs) change them all and make those twins games better. The ball longer and kind of oblong, and then let, let them throw it to each other, and then straighten some of the lines out, and then maybe let some guys run it. And I got all kinds of rules changes that really can make it interesting. They did cool things with the home run derby when they put the the time limit on the pitches. That made it really exciting because we love uh, a countdown and you got and, and to beat the clock. Was that th- this past year? Uh, you know what they're doing that now though in the in regular games now. That's that's the thing that's actually translated in. There's a counter on every clock. Uh, Between pitches, clock. right? Yeah, yeah, before every pitch. Right. I, I lost $100 because I bet on Secretariat to win the home run derby. I got some wires crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I've been mad ever since. I, I won a plate of wings off of the home run derby. Because uh, um, was it Todd Frazier that won? Oh, yeah, right. Almost my hometown boy from Jersey. Nice. 
plate of wings. Quite delicious. All right. So our final, well, sorry, not our final, our second, our penultimate topic. Uh, nice use of that word. Right. People screw that up all the time. It's really not often that I get to flex my vocabulary. So when I nail something like that, I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> Bullseye. Thank you. Brian, I'll let you kick it because I'm not quite sure uh, what what your beef is here with the, the hockey going into three overtime. So why don't you present this one? Oh, yeah. I don't have the, uh, the link open, but the uh, the Predators won an overtime game against the Sharks. I watched – no, I didn't see any of this game. I love NHL overtime, but they won the game in the third overtime, which was about – which is almost an entire another hockey game after the hockey game. So what I wanted you wonder what you guys thought is all ball or flagrant foul. Do you want to watch a three overtime hockey game? Is it more to love or is it too much? Jeff, what do you think? Uh, I'm going all puck. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. hey man, when you're on the ice, you're on the ice, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, from a fan standpoint, hey, free hockey. Um, yeah, bring it on. I mean, play all night. I'm not going to get tired. I'm just sitting in the stands. They're they're the ones doing all the work. All right, I like Aaron. All puck as well. Give me that puck, baby. Uh, I need it. I want it. Let's keep going. I love soccer, but to see a soccer game end in penalties, which I guess at some point, how do you settle it in hockey? And I guess that's what it would be. Uh, but in the playoffs, I say just play till someone scores. It's golden goal. That's what. That's why it's exciting. It's not exciting if a team can sit back and play defense and just play for the shootout or whatever comes, you know, whatever they decide to do. All puck. Let's play as many overtimes as it takes. I'm going to go with you guys on the all puck technically, but I will say as a, as a lad, as a young <laughs> enterprising larval stage comedian in junior high as a kid, when they would go to three, I remember watching several uh, two and three overtime games uh, staying up all, you know, really late in the night. And it was so fun then. But I, now I, I'm an adult. I got things to do. If you would have told me this was going to be a five-hour and 45-minute hockey game, I never would have sat down to start watching it. But, damn it, if I start watching that thing halfway through the second period, you know, it's the you keep throwing good money after bad. You can't stop watching it once you've gotten into that far into the overtime. And you do hit that point where you're like, God, just somebody end it. So all puck, but oof. I don't know. Yeah, but I think the anguish that you're feeling just adds to the exhilaration. Do you hear these words <laughs> just flowing out of my mouth right now? After someone finally scores, it's You've been unbelievable. Out of word of the day calendar. I, I, I don't know what happened to me. Smoked a lot of weed it's in Miami. As far as your, your vocabulary is concerned. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I'm all puck all the way for sure. So finally, I want to present this to you guys. I'm watching the the Raptors and Heat game last night. And uh, it's Ian Eagle and Brent Barry. And I have to preface it by saying I think Brent Barry is one of the cornier analysts in the game in all of sports, so I'm already tainted. So I guess because the Raptors go deep in the playoffs, Pearl Jam had to reschedule their concert they were playing in Toronto. So, uh, you know, someone probably said, hey, sorry about the inconvenience. How about some courtside seats and we'll put you up on the Jumbotron? So there you have a, a couple members of Pearl Jam sitting there and they show them on, on the TV broadcast. And then 
comes this string of Pearl Jam wordplay that I was just embarrassed by. Pearl Jam, in concert last night. They were supposed to play tonight. They'll play here at Air Canada Center tomorrow night. The Raptors, maybe they've been the fixer. Right. Maybe. Well, I like the, the even flow of their offense at this point. Right. You want to go back and forth on this? <laughs> You'd be here for a long time. You should just breathe, I'd say right now. If I were you. This is a flagrant foul. It's terrible. These jokes are barely jokes. The confidence with which Ian Eagle attacked Brent Barry and said, You really <laughs> wanna do you really wanna do this guy? We can have a Pearl Jam off all night. Pearl was, Jam session, I think, would be called. <laughs> it, it was just embarrassing. I don't need it. Just talk about basketball and do that well. What say you, Jeff? Well, I'm actually going to go all ball because I, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, I didn't think it was quite so cringeworthy. I actually thought the, the bit about Toronto's office, offense being an even flow <laughs> kind of made sense. It was, it was like, oh, hey, that actually works. I mean, then it kind of got dumb after that. But, you know, I mean, you know, he can only do so much with it. I, I would, I'm sorry they couldn't work in elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. That would have been, <laughs> been pretty solid. Brian? <laughs> Flagrant foul. I don't I had heard enough about Pearl Jam in the 90s. I don't need to put up with that crap anymore at this point. <laughs> It's just that. It's just that simple. Too, too many pearl, too much vitality on too many high school friends' car stereos. Vitality so was that was a good album. I, I actually here you go. Here's here's my hipster so, moment. I got it on vinyl, bro. Oh, nice. <laughs> so so nobody's nobody's giving us a ten then. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll be leaving now. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll just I'll just yield to you on the next one. <laughs> It's happening again. It's like a virus. Do you really want to do this? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I'm going to start making Alice and Chains references to fight you back. There you go. <laughs> well, I, I would. <laughs> but my rooster won't shut up. What you got, Brian? Well, I'm not enabling this. I'm just not enabling this. What you got? <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> All right, man. Your pun will. Oh, and... uh the last topic that I wanted to get to, I almost forgot here. Um, oh, right. Back to the Toronto Raptors and Miami Heat. I know we're heavy on Toronto Raptors and Miami, Miami Heat this episode. I'm just all in on the Toronto Raptors. and, uh, and I just, did a lot of show prep during halftime while you were there. Yeah, and as I already explained, I'm in South Beach watching the game. It's awesome. Um uh, <laughs> With, again, with a bunch of Toronto people, very, very upsetting that the Toronto Raptors didn't win. It would have been a legendary evening. Shout out to Barry Taylor, who's a listener of the show. He was with us. Dwayne Wade, he's facing a lot of flack this week because he started shooting his warm-up shots during the Canadian National Anthem. And a lot of people noticed that and said, that's very disrespectful. So I asked to you guys, do you agree that it's disrespectful. You watched the video. You saw it with your own eyes. Now you can cast your judgment upon Mr. Dwayne Wade. So, Brian, we'll start with you on this one. Dwayne Wade shooting during the Canadian National Anthem. All ball or flagrant foul? Ah, flagrant foul. I mean, they don't have a lot of energy behind this or anything, but it's sort of a douche move. I mean, they're, be nice. They're Canadians. Be polite to them. I, I, although I, it's almost worth it because I like to imagine whenever the Canadians get mad, I always picture it like the Canadian Parliament meetings in South Park. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's about honor. It's about dignity. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that like, defines my conception of Canadians, even though I've, I have many nice Canadian friends and they they don't have flapping eyes or, or flapping heads or beady eyes. But yeah, so that is what this is about as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well done. And Jeff, you? Oh, yeah. Total flagrant foul. I, I think the worst thing to me was his attempt at an apology. And his statement says, quote, I apologize for Canada thinking I would disrespect them as a country, end quote. So he's basically, it's like, I'm sorry, but it's your fault for misunderstanding me. Yeah, that's like, that's a, I'm sorry you feel that way. The classic. Right. 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 It's, yeah. It's like, wait, what are you sorry for? You're sorry for Canada thinking he would disrespect them as a country? Well, you already did disrespect them as a country. So, you know, it was kind of. I, I think I think though they could they could kind of make it all up if he uh, if he just has, is subjected to an endless loop of Celine Dion doing uh, you shook me all night long I think that would even <laughs> things up. And I don't want to proper penance. I don't want to hold Dwayne Wade completely responsible for starting off a, an inter- international war between Canada and the United States, but I did hear from the fans in the stands a little bit of uh, go back to Canada, which is. A little, yeah, it's a little weird. Oh. It's not much different than go back to Mexico. It's just it's a kinder, huh. gentler version of xenophobia. It's because uh, we're white; they're whiter, so we're kind of like the Mexico in this equation. Yeah, so we, it, it makes it a little better, but not much better. That's weird. No, that's uncool. I don't like that. Very weird. So I mean, just disrespect for Canada all over the place. It was tough to swallow with my Canadian friends from Toronto. Oh, you know, you know, you remember the that that famous book, Black Like Me, Canadian Like Me, the Aaron Hodges story. You know, you 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 went, you went in Canadian face out in public and saw what it was like to ah, suffer the abuses. Of Canadians. I did. You know, I I did. Is is what's the uh, basis of Black Like Me? Who who is that? It was a book. It was a journalistic. A uh, very famous book back in the fifties. I forget the guy's name. It's like the one thing that he wrote. But he this it was this white writer who had his skin like you know temporarily like darkened so that he looked black and he went around the American South and risked his life uh, and wrote this book about it that was very uh, very prominent in the fifties. Wow, that's, that's it's still an interesting bold. read. John Howard something I think. John Howard Peel, uh, something like that. Sounds fascinating. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's definitely how I felt. I mean, uh, you went in maple face. I went in maple face. <laughs> you pretend to be a Canadian. <laughs> well done. And the ironic thing is that I was drinking Crown Royal all weekend, and they were drinking Budweiser. Weird. Oh, wow. Very weird. All right. Well, that's it for all ball or flagrant foul, and we have one more segment here that we want to try out here. Uh, just one more excuse for me to talk about how wonderful Miami was. Uh, did a lot of partying, and we played a bunch of games of Would You Rather. You guys know this game. Was this all dudes doing this? Well, no, the Would You Rather is a good dude da- game. Truth or Dare is a weird game to play with dudes. Oh, certainly. <laughs> certainly. That's like playing Twister with all your guy friends. You're like, I think you're missing the whole point of this game. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it was, a, it was a good mix of uh, girls and guys. So okay, okay. we're going to try to make this one a little bit sports-related. Um, why don't you kick it off, Brian? Okay, I got a couple a couple going, I think. I'll go, I'll go with the re- most intriguing one. I'll lead with, lead with the strong one. Would you rather, and I tried to figure out the numbers on this, so I think I got the numbers right. Would you rather go five months without sex or a whole year with absolutely no sports. Oh. That I is good. I feel like good. a year and a year, there's no question. But 5 months. That is a good one. 
You don't get to pick the months. You can't just pick the football offseason, for instance. <laughs> I'm not saying what five months, but it's a five-month stretch. Who decides? Uh, you don't get to, you you don't get to decide. It is decided for you. Okay. That's part of the lottery. Okay. No sports. Well, I guess the five months doesn't really matter. It's the tw- it's the twelve months. So you're gonna you're gonna get the full year. The full year of no sports. You're gonna miss every one season of everything. Can I play sports? Yeah, you can play sports. Okay. The five months, I guess you can pick your time of the year, I suppose. Now, I don't it, think it's going to matter what time of the year you pick with the five months. It's going to be it's going to be a long five months. Is is there any form of sex that's acceptable? Nope. Not even a hand job. No, I'm not going to get too graphic, but no. Okay. <laughs> nope. Uh, I'm, you are left to your own devices, sir. <laughs> I think I'm taking the five months without sex. Yeah. Yeah. Put it this way. I'll tell this. I've never gone a year without watching sports. Right. <laughs> and actually, five months is actually the longest range uh, since I started having sex. That's the longest amount of time that I went between having sex. So I know what it is. I've done a bid. So ever since you turned 27, you've never gone more than five months. <laughs> well done. Well done. Yeah, I'm going without sex for five months, and I'm watching all the sports that I want. And you'll, and you'll have the time. I will. What do you think, Jeff? <laughs> So if I can't watch sports, can I watch sports movies? Yeah, I'll go with that. This must be a good one because it's right. You know, a good one you rather this, has got to perch right. It can't be too easy to answer. You know. No, that's that's a really that's a really interesting time frame. I tinkered with the numbers for a while. Man, <laughs> I, I think you hit the sweet spot. Because I was gonna say six, and I was like, woof, half no, and a half. I gotta, I gotta. Too much. <laughs> yeah, five makes it real interesting. I I don't know though. I think if I can watch. If I can watch sports movies, I've got enough sports movies that I could that I could really, you know, I could satisfy that fix right there. I, uh. you know, what the danger is here is that you cross some wire in your brain, and then forevermore you have to beat off to slap shot. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and not the Melinda Dillon scene. Either. I'm talking about the fight scenes. <laughs> Boulder, Field of Dreams. You're crying and doing other things simultaneously. It'll be a weird fetish you've got. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. I'll do without the sex for five months. <laughs> it's a, it's really tough though, man. That's that a really rough, good man. one. Yeah, I I think I might be with I I think I might be with you guys because uh, I was like, man, a whole football season, right? <laughs> I feel like you, you you miss so much with that. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Can't, so can't there you go. It. What 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 do you got, Aaron? I don't know if, it, if it's going to be as tough a decision for you guys, but uh, here we go. Would you rather go fishing with Rob Gronkowski mm-hmm. or go to a Kenny Chesney concert with Riley Cooper? Did, can I ask a follow-up question? Did, Absolutely. Did Rob Gronkowski do something bad while he was fishing? No, no. I just think that oh, okay. he's <laughs> the <laughs> exact... Yell at a fellow black fisherman or anything? No, as far as I know, he's on the up and up. Did he I... scream, I'll catch every fish here? <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's the opposite of the type of personality that you'd want to do a nice, re- relaxing hobby with. So... I think he'd be super but on the annoying. Side, you wouldn't have to go to a Kenny Chesney concert. Right. You just have to put up with Rob Gronkowski and his annoying personality. I love Rob Gronkowski. He's like a giant child. He's so endearing. Ah, well, then this is easy for you. Oh, yeah. This is simple for me. I'll yeah. take Gronk in a fishing boat. All right. 
What are you doing, Jeff? <laughs> I'm going to the concert. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No shirt, no shoes, no question there, huh? I'm yeah, I'm I'm down for whatever except I, possibly fishing with Gronkowski. That doesn't sound like Yeah, that's I can't really see a scenario where I'm doing that. Wow. What about a fish show with Gronkowski? <laughs> Well, well, <laughs> well, that would be interesting. That's sweet the <laughs> I go to a fish show with Bill Walton. Ah, now we're talking. I don't think that was on the table. I'll go to the Chesney concert and, you know, take my chances. All right. Well, what if, uh, all right, you're going to, let, let's switch it up here. You go to a fish concert with Bill Walton, or would you rather go to a Rush concert with Bryce Harper. Oh, well, I go to the Rush show with Bryce Harper. Actually, I find Bryce Harper fascinating and obviously Rush. So, yeah, no, Rush concert with Harper. No right. doubter. What about so you? What was your, you uh, uh, I'll take uh, I'll take fish with Walton. That sounds more fun. But what would you never answer? What would you what was your on the first one? Since you cooked it up, I feel like you must be a real yeah. real uh, a ponderer for you. Yeah, I guess it's more of a pickle for me than it is for either of you guys, because uh, I just despise Rob Gronkowski. I think he's so annoying, and I think you're putting yourself in great danger by going to a Kenny Chesney concert with Riley Cooper. Things could pop mm-hmm. off at any moment, and you might get cross caught in the crossfire. Um, but I'm pretty confident in my ability to dip out when conflict happens. And I think I would... Uh, In terms of fight or flight, you're saying you're a real flight man. <laughs> well, if it's with Riley Cooper, I'm certainly not backing him up. I'm out of Fair there. I'm all, I'm all about self-preservation. It depends on the situation. And if that's the situation, I'm out. Peace. See you later. <laughs> but that... So that being said... I'm not a big fan of Kenny Chesney either, so that plays into it. It's not just the company that I'm keeping. I think I still have to go to the concert just because I I need to see what a Kenny Chesney concert is like with my own eyes and ears. I need to see what it is. I think it looks plus, like a Trump rally, but I'm not sure. Plus, I got to say, it's, it's, a, it's easier to ditch a guy at a concert than it is when you're on a fishing boat. That's what I'm saying. There's no escape. There's no escape from that annoying Where are you going? personality. Where are you going? You're on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Where are you going? Maybe I'm too harsh on Rob. He might be quite enjoyable. <laughs> I bet that boat would be a two-man party. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, that's all I got. They would start flinging themselves out of the trees and swimming over to the boat, and they saw Gronk there anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I got one for you. Here's another one I had to tinker with the numbers on. And uh, just to make the years even, I kind of changed it. So here it is. Okay. Would you rather – you can only have one of these things happen, right? These both cannot happen. Either – you can have the person that you want to win the presidential election this coming up win the election. So your candidate wins. Or you can have the team of your choosing win the national championship for four consecutive years. Wow. Four consecutive like years. Like for Aaron, the Giants could four Pete, mm-hmm. but only mm-hmm. under a, the presidential candidate you do not like. Whoever that may be. Well, um, okay. So. I like Bernie Sanders, right? Don't, not a fan of Trump. 
uh, Hillary Clinton, not a fan. Would I grit my teeth and bear it if Hillary Clinton, which it looks like she will be, is the Democratic nominee and defeats Trump? Yeah, I'd grit my teeth and bear it. I'd get over it. And you know how I'd get over it? With four consecutive years of the Giants winning the Super Bowl. (laughs) So I'm going with the Giants winning the Super Bowl four years in a row. Let's confide. I I guess what I – it's either Trump or Hillary. So if the Giants get four Super Bowls, you get Trump. (sighs) (laughs) That makes it a little bit more difficult. That's kind of what I was leaning toward. You don't don't get to pick the winner – it's just that whoever you want to win will lose. The, the, the side that you least want to win will win, whoever that happens to be. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I, well, I'm, I'm just not sure that we have a country at, to see the fourth year of the <laughs> championship run. The championship. Yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in a Trump presidency. So if that's the case, I got to get Bernie in office. That's, that's what's got to happen. I guess that's... Uh, socialism of my football fandom it's for the greater good jeff yeah totally i'm i'm 100 uh, i would want the person in office that i want in office um you can always fix a bad team later fixing a country uh yeah a little, little higher on my list of priorities all right um, no, that's good that's good yeah yeah i think like, this year i'm with you guys <laughs> but in other years I would have taken the four championships. Yeah. I could see it. But not this year. Not this. No, no, no. Not totally this not this year. <laughs> <laughs> great episode. Another great episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and especially to the Kobe Bean Pods of the world that left uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes. Yes, Kobe Bean Pod, we mock because we, we love. Thank you for your review, even though I'm sure it's, it's uh, Aaron's mom. Probably is. I'll see her this weekend, and I'll get to the bottom of it. So let's do the plugs. Jeff? What are we plugging for you? As always, I am at crookedscoreboard.com writing about all things baseball, and um, that's where I'll be. Brian? Oh, uh, real Brian Miller on Twitter, uh, Brian Miller with a Y, and brianmillercomedy.com for uh, my writings and my web stuff and all that exciting stuff, tour dates and whatnot. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to be off the road for a month, though, so if you want to see me do comedy, you're going to have to drive to Minneapolis. Come to Smoke Mike's. Sounds intriguing to me. Everyone's welcome. Come to Acme on Mondays. I'll be there working on a new set. So. There you go. And um, at Aaron Hodges on Twitter, the show is at OB3 Place to Be. Make sure you go to crookedscoreboard.com. If you want to shoot us an email, it's ob3show at gmail.com if Twitter is uh, too brief for you and you need to really dig in with your thoughts on the podcast. ob3show at gmail.com. And what else? I feel like, nope, nope, nothing else. Just a conversation I have to have with you guys off the air real quick. But uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next week.